I want to welcome you to the last day of our study through Colossians 2 and Daily Drive Time Devotions, Day 5. We've been talking about truth, Jesus Christ, and how that's the answer to every false teaching. When you understand who Jesus really is, that he's God in human flesh, that he's the only way to salvation, when you understand who Jesus really is, you have the answer to every false teaching, every false teaching. When you look at false teachings, I'm not talking about teachings of other religions. Teachings of other religions don't say anything about Christ or say very little about him. I'm talking about false teachings, teachings that present themselves to be Christian, but when you look at them, they're really not. Here's something you can always see about a false teaching. They'll deny who Jesus really is. They'll either deny that he's really man or they'll deny that he's really God. Sometimes they'll deny both. And Paul has been confronting these false teachers by saying, when you have Jesus, you have enough. You don't need any more than Jesus Christ. So listen to what he has to say about this in verses 20 to 23. Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with the use because they're based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack value in restraining sensual indulgence. Paul goes from what to watch out for, we talked about that yesterday, to the more personal here. He confronts this and says, why are you allowing people to get you into their trap? Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of the world, why are you still falling for this stuff? That's what he's saying. Why do you need to fall for this stuff? You don't need it in your life. And he just goes through a list of reasons, five of them really, of why you don't need to submit to this world's rules, to this different philosophy, to this false teaching. What are the five things? Let me tell them to you and then we'll go over them. You died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, to this world's way of thinking, this world's way of doing things, to the false teachings of this world. You see, the Gnostics had a teaching that we talked about a little earlier in this week, but I want to focus on it for a moment now when we talk about the basic principles of this world. It affected, this false teaching affected the way they looked at Jesus deeply. It meant for them that Jesus couldn't have been God walking this earth in human flesh. Their false teaching was that all matter is evil. Every created thing is tainted by evil to the extent that God can't even get close to it. He can't touch it in any way. He can't relate to it in any way. Now, there is evil in this world, but their idea that all matter is evil to the extent that God couldn't even be in contact with it is not a teaching in the Bible. In fact, the Bible teaches instead that everything that God created is good. You remember that in the book of Genesis. Then that there was a fall where we fell away from God, but God is returning us to him through Christ. That's what it's all about. In fact, the Bible teaches in Romans chapter 8 that God someday is going to take this whole world and is going to recreate it. The whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth, but someday it's going to all be redeemed. Someday your human body, there's not the picture in the Bible that it is evil. The picture in the Bible is that it has fallen, but that someday because of Christ, it is going to be a resurrected body. God's going to redeem it. So the teaching of the Bible is not matter is evil and God can't be in contact with it. It's that, it's that God created everything good, we have fallen, and God is redeeming it. That's a very, very different picture. This picture that the Gnostics had affected the way they looked at Jesus. They believed Jesus couldn't have been God. 
or that somehow he wasn't in contact with this earth while he was here, even to weird teachings like his feet floated like a uh, half an inch above the ground everywhere he walked, and he really didn't touch people. And they had all kinds of weird teachings about this. But the truth of the matter is it meant Jesus couldn't be in contact with us. And this false teaching that matter is evil affected the way they looked at themselves. If the body is evil, and that's how they saw themselves, there's one of two conclusions. Either it doesn't matter what I do with my body because it's already evil, it's already lost, so what does it matter? It's just like, a, just like a Coke can where the Coke's already drunk. What do I do with it? What does it matter? It can't even be recycled, and there's a way of thinking. It doesn't matter what I do with my body. Or the other way of thinking was I've got to keep myself as much as possible from any contact with this material world. I'm already evil enough. I can't become any more evil. Two ways of thinking. One was hedonism, doesn't matter what I do with my body. The other was asceticism. Oh, I better watch out from doing anything to be in contact with this world. For them, it was either no one's perfect, so why should I even try? Or I'll try to be good enough to deserve God's favor. And both of those are false teachings. And they're still around today. As I said those just now, you probably recognize that kind of teaching is still around today. Why? Because it appeals to our pride. It makes me feel like I'm doing something about my spirituality, but it's not a teaching of the Bible. So why do you submit to the world's rules, Paul says? You died with Christ to the principles of this world. You're a new creation. You're a citizen of a different place, of a different country, heaven. And because you're a new creation, you can live in a new way. That stuff does not have to even enter your mind, he's saying, because you've got Jesus Christ. Now, Paul walks through this even more. Why should I not submit to the world's rules, to these false teaching ways of thinking, these additions to Jesus Christ? Well, he says, these ways of thinking are destined to perish with the use. And he focuses here on do not handle, taste, or touch. Now, obviously, when it comes to our diet, there are certain things I should eat or not eat to be physically healthy. Paul's talking not about our physical diet here. He's talking about our spiritual diet. And they were teaching, if you'd only eat this, if you'd only not eat that, it will spiritually enhance your life in incredible ways. Now, I know in the Old Testament, certain foods were considered clean and others unclean, but they're focusing on spiritually clean and unclean here and saying, if you'll only do this, then you will become spiritually closer to God. And Paul just says in very obvious terms, wait a minute, these things aren't going to last. These foods are either going to rot or be digested, to be blunt. So why in the world are you thinking that that can make you more spiritual instead of Jesus Christ, who is from forever to forever? It's ridiculous to even think that way, he's saying. They're destined to perish with the use. Paul continues in this argument to talk about why in the world do you let the world's way of thinking get a hold of you? He says these things are based on human commands and teachings, just things that people have thought up. Whenever you hear somebody say, hey, this is my idea of how you should be spiritual, the first thing you and I should say is, where is it in the Bible? Show me from God's word. Or is it just some human command and teaching? You see, human commands and teaching, depending on who's teaching them, they can sound incredibly great sometimes. They can sound awful sometimes if it's from a bad teacher, but there are teachers who can make anything sound good. The fact that a teacher can make it sound good doesn't make it good. They're based, Paul says, on human commands and teachings. Check it by God's word. He says, number four, why should I not submit to these things? They only have the appearance of wisdom. That's an important point. There are a lot of things in this life that have the appearance of wisdom. And in fact, he gives some illustrations here. He talks about self-imposed worship, false humility, harsh treatment of the body. 
somebody who treats their body very harshly, you know, does things because of some religion that they're involved in where they sit in a certain position for eight, 10 hours, maybe in a day. People look at that and say, wow, how spiritual. Paul looks at that and says, how silly. It only has the appearance of wisdom. Why would somebody do that? Again, it's human pride. We want to do something about our spirituality. We don't want to say, I can't do anything. I am at the mercy of God. I need Jesus Christ. They only have the appearance of wisdom. And in the end, Paul says, oh, and by the way, they don't even work. These things lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. This whole idea that if I'll only eat this, I'll only do this, I'll keep this list of human rules, and somehow it will help me with a temptation in my life, it's not going to work. What does work is the freedom that Jesus Christ gives. What does work is the fellowship of other believers. What does work is the truth of the word of God. Those are things that work. But any, anything that's based on what I do in order to lessen the temptation in my life, it's not going to work. What does work is what Jesus did. That's what defeats the temptation in my life. Now, somebody on our research team asked a very important question. They said, well, wait, wait a minute. If these lack value in restraining sensual indulgence, what does have value? And it's those things that we just talked about. It's the fellowship of other believers. It's your daily fellowship with Jesus Christ. It's the truth of the word of God. That's where the power is in your daily life. I love these verses because Paul just simply says, look, here's the way the world thinks. Here's why this just doesn't work. Jesus Christ is so much greater than anything that this world could offer. Why would you submit to any of these world's rules, to any of these smaller ways of trying to attain spirituality on your own power? Now, that's not to say there aren't things we do in our lives to grow, have a daily quiet time, pray, talk to God, but we do those based on our relationship with Christ, not apart from our relationship with Christ. We do those in dependence on him, not depending on ourselves. So let's depend on him right now for this day. Lord, we've talked a lot this week about the truth and about false teaching. And when we talk about the truth, it's you. Jesus, you are the truth. You're the way, the truth, and the life. And so today, we pray that you give us the strength to focus on you, to live the truth in our life by living out our relationship with you in connection with you, looking at the truth in your word, letting that truth filter its way into our heart and into our actions, and then giving you praise for what you did. God, thank you. Thank you that you're a part of our daily life, that you're not apart from us, but you're a part of our daily life as we ask you, as we trust you, we recognize that. And so today, we pray as we live in fellowship, relationship with you, that you'd fill our hearts with joy. Whatever the circumstances, some of us are facing tough circumstances today. Whatever the circumstances, Lord, fill our hearts with joy today. We pray this, Lord, in your name. Amen. Well, join us next week. We're going to be studying Colossians chapter 3 together. I was talking to my wife about this chapter this morning, and she said Colossians 3 is one of her favorite chapters in the Bible. Mine too. Don't miss Colossians chapter 3 this next week. 